0: The Compliance Life details the journey to and in the role of a Chief Compliance Officer. How does one come to sit in the CCO chair? What are some of the skills a CCO needs to successfully navigate the compliance waters in any company? What are some of the top challenges CCOs have faced and how did they meet them? These questions and many others will be explored in this new podcast series. The Compliance Life is hosted by Tom Fox, and each month he'll present the story of one CCO through four episodes. The Compliance Life is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This month I visit with Gwen Hassan. Gwen is the Managing Counsel and Director of Compliance at CNH Industrial. Gwen has had a long career in compliance, literally starting in the 1990s in the healthcare uh, industry with uh, Blue Cross when compliance was just beginning to get started in healthcare. She uh, went to law school while she was working at Blue Cross and then took a variety of jobs, uh, largely in-house, gravitating into the compliance field. It's a fascinating uh, story of the twists and turns of everyone's career. We take a look at uh, during this podcast series, Uh, Gwen's professional background and uh, what uh, led her to uh, pursue a career in compliance. We look at how she balances the practice of law with the practice of compliance. Uh, This is somewhat unusual, and this is the first time we've had someone having both roles in a corporation. She talks about her favorite parts about being a Uh, compliance officer and why it's uh, necessary to be culturally curious. She gives advice about people who are uh, interested in the compliance field. And we conclude with a podcast on one of Gwen's passions, which is fighting the scourge of human trafficking and the role of the compliance professional in that fight. I know you'll enjoy this month's series. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode of The Compliance Life. This month, I'm visiting with Gwen Hassan. And Gwen, first of all, welcome back. Thank you very much. Gwen, uh, you have continued through your compliance career uh, as an in-house compliance specialist to continue to practice law. And you're really, I think, one of the few I know that, that really actively does that. So I'd maybe like to start with, how do you balance the practices of law with the practice of compliance?
1: Yeah, I have done that uh, purposely, intentionally. Um, and it, I think it's something that is doable if you're careful about it. Um, and, and here's my perspective. I think that, that compliance practice itself uh, shares a lot of the same skill set as legal practice does. Um, there's a, a need to understand regulations. There's a need to be able to apply regulations within your client's environment. Um, There's the need to be able to counsel and to advise people. Um, But I think it's a different approach within the business and a different relationship that you have with the business, depending on which hat you're wearing. So uh, a a colleague of mine uses an analogy that I really like, which is, um, let's say that you're in a, in a manufacturing plant and that plant has got uh, multiple entrances and it's got multiple you know, hallways and lanes and pieces of equipment. The compliance professional's job is to walk through that facility physically um, or metaphorically, if you will, and, and highlight to the operations, hey, you know what? You need a fire exit here. Um, you need more sprinklers here. Uh, you know what? This, this hallway is too narrow. This creates some risk here. Uh, yeah, there's a regulation in this state that requires that you have fire extinguishers every you know eight feet. I see you don't have those. That would be a good thing for you to do. Uh, so it's very much an advisory risk identifying, risk mitigating role. Um, I also like to view it as a coaching role. You're not um, the one who's installing a fire extinguisher, but you are coaching your operations people on how to mitigate that risk and helping them uh, be as uh, efficient in running their business with the least amount of compliance risk as possible. In contrast, let's say there's a fire, (laughs) at that facility and everyone's running for the fire exits and things are, you know, things, things are going bad. The legal department is who you call to put out the fire, right? They're the ones who are coming in to help when there's already an issue, when there's a problem. Um, I know a lot of attorneys, especially colleagues of mine like to be proactive in their practice and to do more advisory work, But uh, for the bulk of attorneys, it is it is more of a hired gun position, right? You are brought in when things have already gone south. And I think there's a role for for professionals who can who can do both as long as you're clear which role you're in at which time. So uh, especially from an attorney client, you know, uh, privilege perspective, you've got to be very clear in when you're administering legal advice. And when you're when you're not, when you're advising. So, I think uh, for me, I enjoy the challenge of doing both. And I've been able to carve out roles in different companies that allow me to do both. Um, in two companies now, I've I've literally written my job description and said, "Hey, I have this particular set of skills that I think I could use to advise you on matters related to." bribery and corruption, and uh, trade, and um, you know, corporate social responsibility, sustainability types of issues, um, where my legal hat would come in very handy. But then I also have experience, you know, operationalizing, is that a word? Yeah, <laughs> running a global compliance program, which doesn't require a law degree. It requires a knowledge of um, how to run a compliance program. And I happen to have developed both. And so I look purposely for and ask to create positions that allow me to use both.
0: Well, in our first episode, in telling us a little bit about your professional background, you talked about your work at Blue Cross, and there was your initial introduction to compliance. Many compliance, or at least some compliance professionals, actually began like you did in the healthcare industry, and that was their first uh, exposure to compliance as far back as, as the 90s. That was what I perceive to be a a more regulatory style of compliance, and I was wondering how that experience helped inform the type of a compliance officer you are now, because you deal with a wide range of problems, and you've worked with companies that have some regulations, but also uh, are not as regulated as the healthcare space. I
1: think it's a great uh, proving ground for any compliance professional to start in a highly regulated industry, because it it forces you to focus on the real source of of compliance practice, which is which is law, which is the regulations. What is required in this industry in order to be compliant? Which regulations apply? Which um, which best practices exist in relation to those regulations? And it, if you start with that as the base for your practice, then if you move later, as I did, to a less regulated industry, you still have that kind of ingrained focus on what regulations apply here. Uh, it, it creates a base for your whole program. So uh, obviously in, in kind of the healthcare space, there's, there's different sets of regulations and more, a lot more of them than in a manufacturing space. But the The skill set is the same. So for instance, in a manufacturing company, you may not have as many regulations uh, related to how you run your business, but you can use the same skill set to identify things like uh, trends within best practices for manufacturers. Um, You can look at things like, of course, the federal sentencing guidelines, even though those aren't technically regulations, the skill set is the same. What applies here? Um, how can I make this uh, part of and ingrain it into the way my company runs? So I think those kind of highly regulated industries, including, for that matter, FinCEN industries, um, are a great place to start for compliance professionals.
0: So let me take you back to prior to March 15th, 2020, what we would call the pre-pandemic times. And I was wondering, uh, what would you give for an elevator speech about the compliance profession if you were had been in a cocktail party before then?
1: I've heard people use this phrase before, um, and, and I like it, which is, I help people identify problems they didn't know they had and solve them in ways they would never think of doing. And I think that's a great description of the compliance profession. I mean, your your job is to to. To, to problem solve. It is to uh, to issue spot. You have to be kind of uh, at a level of understanding and uh, especially of your particular company and client and business where you can help them see weak spots and potential risk that wouldn't have occurred to them. Uh, things that they're not aware of. Uh, people who are running, you know, multinational companies are so... Busy and bogged down in the details of their industry, um, their particular skill set, their um, their professional expertise. I work with a lot of engineers, and their their engineering mindset is something they carry with them um, throughout their their professional careers. And they have a particular skill set that serves them very well, uh, and so do I. But mine is different than theirs. So, I consider uh, the the kind of I don't know, elevator speech of compliance to be I help people find problems they didn't know they have and solve them.
0: So this podcast is audio only and it's really too bad because if our audience had seen your answer to that, they would have seen a smile literally across the entire screen as you were answering that. It's obviously you love doing that. And I was going to ask you, what's the most rewarding thing for you about being a compliance professional? But I think you just answered it. (laughs) Maybe if I could turn it just a quarter turn and ask, what's the most challenging thing for you?
1: That's a great question. Uh, I would say the most challenging thing uh, as part of being a, a compliance practitioner is, is really making sure that I'm not doing compliance. Uh, and, and let me explain what I mean by that. I and many practitioners I know are roll up your sleeve, uh, get it done kind of people. And there's a real aspect of teaching a man to fish, if you will, <laughs> within compliance that I have to remind myself of on a regular basis, because there are many times when I think, oh, my team could do that, you know, so much more efficiently. We'll just do it. Uh, but when you do that, you are robbing your client, uh, your company of the experience of learning and of embedding compliance into their 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 function and their business, their processes. So I think for me, one of the biggest challenges is is being a second line instead of that first line uh, in the three lines model, making sure that compliance is in an advisory role and not uh, taking on or taking over and uh, in, in in the doing role. And that's something that's a fine balance and can be difficult to. To, to
0: achieve. Well, Gwen, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time for this episode, but I hope our listeners will join us next week and I look forward to continuing the conversation. Thank you, Tom. Me too. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. Thank you again for listening to this episode of The Compliance Life. I hope you will join me again next week where I take up another episode with Scott Sullivan in The Compliance Life. The Compliance Life is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. If you would like to be featured on the Compliance Life, please uh, give me an email at uh, tfox at Tfoxlaw.com. Also, if you like this series, please give us a rating on iTunes. Uh, Any review and rating would definitely help get the word out about the latest addition to the Compliance Podcast Network. Thanks again.